Welcome to the OSCast, raising the standard of strength and conditioning in combat sports. Euro straight white belt here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude, those, those showy rolls are the best, man. Like, I'm a 14-stripe white belt. I just want to tell you guys, here it is. Like, you know, I just crush people every day. I hit record, but to start off with that is that Jeb and I were on a meeting prior to this, and he was talking about the show your role, like all those like mixtape ones. And so yeah. they're so good. They're so hilarious. There was one that I heard the other day about like this 47 year old guy. He's like, look, I'm a retired vet. These white belts come in and they're just going super hard against me all the time. And my favorite thing to do is just make them tap and cry like little bitches when it comes to rolling. So he, like, was, that guy's awesome. he was back on today. He was like, he's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a purple heart here guy here again. Yeah. Um, Cause he's got that Boston accent. Yep. He's like, yeah. So uh, what the fuck? Like, uh, you know, like these young guys coming in, like calm it down a little bit. I'm like fucking 45. I got like a fake hip and, <laughs> I, I commented on. I was like, "Can we just give this guy his own show already? Yeah. Like, this, this is amazing." The guy where he's like, the, "All these, all these, all these white belts. They're like, when am I going to get better?" And it's like, right. myself that. When am I going to get?" <laughs> yeah, like I've been I've been training jiu-jitsu on and off since 2009, and like or 2000, yeah, 2009. And like I ask myself that every single day. I'm like, when am I going to actually like be decent at this sport? And like even when I was competing, like actually like actively competing and training three or four times a day back in 2011 through 2013, I still sucked, and I still know that I sucked. And like I got my ass kicked in in tournaments a couple times, and like I went with this one dude. This guy, he was incredibly good. Um, Devin Del Brugge at the time, back in 2013, like I, it was like working with somebody who was actually really skilled. And I just realized that like, oh yeah, no, I'm never going to be, never going to be really good at this. But like, you know, okay. So let's, like, let's, so basically let's talk about, Hey, we're, uh, we're starting a new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably intro this at some yeah. point. Yeah. So like, uh, you know. One of the things that we always talk about, and now that Matt's back into jujitsu, so now he's becoming just as insufferable and annoying as us once again. Just talking started about a separate group chat from Kyle, right. so to Kyle. save his mental health. <laughs> Kyle basically said, "Get get your messages off here." He's like, "Unsubscribe." <laughs> um, yeah, so like, but like we spend so much time on our group chat bitching about like things that we think we could see that could make people to introduce to better because of the deficits in their strength and conditioning. So like, Hey, let's talk about that. And let's, let's see where maybe we can affect that change. So yeah. that's where this came up. Well, and I feel like, like there's enough, there's, there's enough, uh, I don't want to say failed personal traders, but personal trainers who have failed at stuff or who are good at stuff and they just end up quitting their sport and then do jujitsu. And so like through that, there's a, there's a lot of connections. It seems popping up between strength and conditioning yeah. people in, in jujitsu and so like we figured there'd be a lot to be talked about especially i also really like how you phrase that too you're like i don't want to say failed personal trainers but personal trainers who failed at everything <laughs> they've ever done yeah. in their whole life like basically everybody <laughs> but it's like it's just the next progression to like they're gonna just fail at jujitsu the only difference is like you're gonna the like, whole sport is based on failing we go back so yeah the main longer hopefully i think I don't know. It seems to be the thing. Like, and, and maybe it is just the thing right now, or maybe it's always been the thing. Like, that would be the 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 real question. Is like maybe this has always been the crowd. It's like failed at strength and conditioning coaches who think they're going to be good at something. Uh, so, like, I've I've been kind of around jujitsu for a while now. You know, like like Matt on and off. I mean, I think the first thing I did was uh, I took uh, a, 
some combat submission wrestling class, which is Eric Paulson's thing. And mm, there's a lot of catch wrestling. A long time ago, yeah. A long time ago. This was like probably, I want to say like maybe 2006. It was like when CrossFit was kind of new. Yeah. Like that's how long ago it was. Um, and we worked out in this gymnastics place that was actually carpeted floors. Um, so if you've ever grappled on, now we wore wrestling shoes. So at least your, your feet weren't totally destroyed. But like, if you've ever done anything on carpet, like grappled, and I'm talking like that industrial carpet, it fucking like sandpaper yeah. dude it sucks <laughs> but like first day like some dude just heel hooked me and i didn't know that heel hooks were something you know that was not talked about in jiu-jitsu at the time um but like i would say that there was some like we the, when i went to almeida's in jersey is when i kind of really like got dumped into actual jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and uh i would say back then we're talking this is a 11 or 12 years ago probably almost 12 years ago so everyone there was like some wrestlers because it was jersey you know so a lot of pretty decent wrestlers in there um but for the most part like there wasn't a big crossover from like other sports yet because it's was still pretty niche like it's super niche yeah um but like you know it was de- and it was definitely more of a gi like nogi really it was out there and especially almeida he he competed in adcc and and did like uh pride and pancreas and all those so he was more mma so really our school was like the mma team and then you know because we had frankie edgar and stuff there and then then you had like the jujitsu was kind of like the dudes were like Ooh, maybe i'll become an mma fighter whereas i was like no <laughs> and that's not what I want to do. I want to come train and like try and better myself. But but yeah, so like I think that the the personal training crossover or like strength conditioning community athlete crossover is definitely on the the newer side. As it's I would agree with that. Nerdy. Yeah, I would agree with that because like I've been in, involved in martial arts in some form since I was four. So when uh, we started out, my parents opened a karate school when I was six, but I'd started training two years prior. Um, and looking at that, the majority of people that we had, cause we used to do full contact karate, right? So what we had was we had a bunch of people who were like, no, like nobody was in fitness or anything related to that at all. It was just right. like a bunch of like kids. The kids program was huge. always is huge at all martial arts schools. Um, and then the adults program were just like regular ass people that didn't want to do anything. They just wanted to like have an exercise outlet and then learn how to like, defend themselves in case they ever needed to do something and now it seems like with the advent of social media and things like that it's much more popular to leave and see what you can do on this side because you always see and like i think this is one of the things that attracts the majority of these people is you'll watch those video clips of 120 pound purple belt girl or blue belt girl like submitting a bodybuilder and those people see that and they go oh my god i that's not going to happen to me i'll beat the i'll beat the hell out of them because that's what all of them think immediately everybody immediately thinks they're just going to beat the hell out of like whoever like the smaller person is and they go and find out that it in the beginning it doesn't really matter that much like how strong you are it starts to matter tremendously mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter at all when you start unless like and, and so i was watching you know clips come up and so i, I was watching the old the original uh Hoyas gracie um ken shamrock video yeah and so a lot of people use that to be like, oh, yeah, like, and, and Hoist beats him, but Shamrock's got a pretty good grappling background, like, even That's though it's not jujitsu. So, like, those guys would get caught in, like, some, you know, triangles or, you know, it was like getting caught in triangles was a really big thing because no one really knew no what it was. was you could do or an arm bar, right? Arm bars were the big one. But he had a pretty good knowledge. And if you watch that, like, you're like, this dude actually does. Like when you look at it with a with a more uh, astute eye, like later on, you're like, actually, this dude is doing really well against yeah. Hoy, like I mean, against you know one of the best 
grapplers in the world. But then like you do realize that his strength was an asset. And so, you know, I think that's what we, we decided like we're going to talk about today is like um, strength is a skill. Oh yeah. And, and like in jujitsu, like strength is important. Is it the only skill? No, because obviously there's weight classes, but with all things equal, but then there's the absolute, but there is the absolute. There is right. the absolute. But then there's the absolute of the absolutes. If all things being equal, you still got to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and I think you would see like, there are the, the, the outliers, the Lachlan Giles and the, like the, you know, people who maybe like will, Marcelo, who'll beat the yeah, people. But, yeah. But I wonder now if that's really the case because you've got Gordon Ryan, yeah. you've gotten like the guys who are highly skilled, big, strong, yeah. athletic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that Gordon, if, Nikki, Craig, like, like all of them. I mean, yeah, you guys are 220 and, and jacked. Like, it's a different story, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I just don't see there being, and, and I could be totally wrong, I don't have the the qualifications or the skill to really see the difference at that level of, like, do I really think that, uh, you know, there's there's a, a case to be made that, you know, you would see, uh, um, you know, a Meow Brothers or someone like that really, like, beat a, a, a high-level abs- 220? Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I just don't see. I think there's a, I think the skill, the, the sport has advanced so far. I, I don't know. I think I was texting you guys like the, I was listening, I was listening to Hoverman, but it was more because uh, Gelpin was on, and I know that they're doing like a thing. So like anything Andy Gelpin does, is like super dissected. But he was going over like the history of lifting and the infancy of it in sports science. And and long story short is that like lifting was like the myth right now. People is that lifting is bad. It's going to make you tight. It's going to do all this stuff. It's bad. And then it kind of went away. But it never went away. Like there's still like general population people. It was always just like lurking in the background, just waiting yeah, to rear its head again. But, but everyone knows about it. like if, if someone even gets to the strength training, they're like, I'm gonna lose this and I'm gonna do this and it's gonna make me stiff and sore and all this stuff. And jujitsu people are like, I don't know. In my experience, when it comes to strength and conditioning or nutrition, they seem to be almost like into all this dumb shit. And like that's that's a big one. Right. hundred oh, percent. And it's like one of those things where like that's not true at all if you actually do proper training like even when we look at Kyle's near post we make fun of all these people it's like training for what and can you do it differently and with the exercise selection change that it's absolutely it's just you're just doing dumb shit so like right. yeah, it's probably not helpful the way you're doing it of course I mean bo- boxing you know still in a way holds on to this idea like in, in some circles of like you don't want to lift because you're muscle mm-hmm. bound but like, wasn't it Holyfield that hired uh, Fred Hatfield to do a strength and conditioning? And like, I believe really, so. Yeah, and like, came out and just became a dominant force because he was yeah. so much stronger. Um, yeah. And of course, Hatfield was you know brilliant in a lot of his approaches. And, and you know, I think probably the biggest thing uh, would be like lower body muscular endurance because yeah. you know standing on those on the, in that ring. If you've ever worked inside a boxing ring, like your legs go fast oh yeah that's the thing you don't realize because it's like walking it's walking through sand basically when you're in the right. M- mma same thing yeah jujitsu less so um jujitsu i think is also unique in that um it's not a constant pressure whereas like mma or or, or um even wrestling it's a you know really kind never of stops goes. whereas jujitsu you have these like opportunities to kind of like like you could never have a 45 minute like no time limit no round MMA match and think that it's going to look good at past like 10 minutes. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, like you can, you can do it. You did it I all mean, the time. It's, it's boring, but yeah. like if you're a technician, like watching, it's really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like that ends up being one of the biggest things that like I continuously talk about with, uh, and I used to talk about all the time with jujitsu athletes and people that I I used to coach and work with, and now that I'm starting to work with them again as I get back into into training, um, you said it earlier in the podcast, Jeb, and I think that's it's the I've only ever heard it from one instructor, and one of my my instructors that I I worked with when I was in college was Marcio Stambowski, and Marcio Stambowski was was one of uh, Hulls Gracie's famous five black belts, so. Him, Mauricio Gomez, who's Hadra Gracie's father, uh, Romero Cavalcanti, who's the founder of Alliance Jiu-Jitsu, Marcio, and I forgot the other two people, but he was Marcio was one of my of my teachers. His dad is he's the father of Neiman Gracie, who's a current fighter in Bellator, like unbelievably skilled and unbelievably like technical professor. But he was also like 6'4, 240 when he was competing. And he was the only dude that ever looked at me and said, no. Be strong. Strength is a technique. If you're stronger than somebody, you and like if you if you're in the same weight class as them and you're significantly stronger than that person, you just have to expend less effort to achieve the same goal than that other person does who's weaker than you, right? Because it's like if you're putting pressure in on somebody and you're 220 pounds and you're a lean 220 pounds, that's just going to feel a lot denser and harder and like harder to push off of and move around than somebody who's 220 pounds and 30% body fat. Mm. And that same person who's 220 pounds and 30% body fat has to work so much harder to maintain position and fight you off of them because you're just bigger and stronger than them than they are and have more active tissue that you can use against them and impose your will easier yeah and i think like you know i know you guys have talked about in some like the mentorship calls like you know there's like also things about training and getting stronger in like how you occlude blood in your muscles right how you are able to clear yeah um you know i know that we're not saying lack lactate anymore but whatever whatever it is metabolic waste processes yeah, yeah. yes okay so like things <laughs> like clear that. metabolic waste yeah yeah like things like that, that 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 people who don't strength train they don't resistance train they don't have these same physical characteristics yeah um they're gaining some of that from the i think the isometric strength that that jujitsu entails but i think there's there's a missing piece there and, and it's it's funny because that's one of the things that like um, at, at my school, it's like a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys, most of the guys are, are pretty strong. Like most guys are pretty big, but there's a few guys that are smaller and they're like, man, I gotta get back into training just to like, you know, lift, not to necessarily be like, you know, gain 20 pounds of muscle or whatever, but they're like, everyone else, everyone's pretty strong and like, everyone's getting better. And it's like, yeah. shit, like, man, I, I can, I can, they're going to continue to get better technically, but they could also get stronger too, which is going to be super helpful for them long-term. Right. And I mean, that's the thing is if we look at the actual benefits of like strength training and being generally strong that are not just like numbers on the, like related to numbers on the bar. Like if we look at the actual organism itself and watch them get stronger, you're building a lot of intramuscular coordination. So how your muscles are going to work synergistically together. You're building a lot of intermuscular coordination. So how each one of your, like uh, each one of your muscles, like work as a unit, right? So like if I can build up better intramuscular coordination in my pecs, I can get my pecs to contract a lot harder and faster and be able to brace and push off of somebody significantly easier. Mm -hmm. Same with my triceps. If I build up more intramuscular coordination, that whole push is going to be a lot easier as well, or intermuscular coordination, sorry. I can use all of that a lot easier as well, and I can use that in conjunction with other tissues at the same time to make my position stronger and have to expend less energy to do those, right? You also get the, the neurological efficiency and motor neuron recruitment of like recruiting larger muscle principle, like uh, larger muscle fibers, recruiting more motor neurons in general. So like all of these things make you more, like, ex more explosive, faster, harder to pass, 
really hard to submit because you can fight through things and explode through things a little bit easier. And like the biggest thing that a lot of these fighters have to worry about when they start gaining muscle or getting stronger is maintaining some cardio. And like, that's also not hard if you're training jiu-jitsu three or four times no, a week. Just crazy. train more that's and, the other, you're, and you're good. <laughs> that's the other myth that, and I say myth, but it kind of comes up all the time is like running is killing my games, even in the strength and conditioning community. It's like, you can't do the hybrid stuff. And it's like, now we're kind of on a kick where zone two training is good to build more volume and all stuff. And now everyone likes it. But it's like this actually like bleeds its way into this sport as well. In the sense that their card is going to get worse from lifting, which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Unless you literally stop doing jujitsu or any form of conditioning, which yeah. would happen. Or you, whether... or you magically gain 30 pounds in a week or something. Yeah. <laughs> so complete anecdote, but I stopped training for nine years and I got my job at Equinox and when I moved down to yeah. Texas, right? So I didn't train from about 2014 until now. I had like a little stint where I went back to a, a school in New Jersey for a bit, but then my schedule at work got too crazy and I wasn't able to like just make the time to even go there anymore. I think I had like an hour and a half break and the place was 30 minutes away. So like none of it worked. Within three classes, my cardio was back to normal of just training again. And at that point, I when I was training before, I was 205. I am well, now yeah, that's it, 260. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm now 260. I move the same as I was able to when I was 205. My cardio is back. I'm significantly stronger. And I can still do like splits and I'm still just as flexible well, I was, as I was previously. I was going to say like... Anyone listening was, yeah, I bet you are. And I'm like, I, I would have maybe thought that too. And then Matt senses this video. He's getting absolutely fucked, by the way. Like, oh, he, yeah. Philippe that, electric chaired me for yeah. six minutes total. And it was horrible. Yeah. But I was like, how how is Matt not? Matt was in a full splits. And I think your coach was like in, I don't know if he's in half guard, but he's underneath your legs. Right? And, and, he was in the electric chair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, it, you just weren't like giving it up but you nope. weren't giving up, like you also weren't doing anything, but you were sitting in the splits. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought you were kind of joking. Like, well, but here's the thing <laughs> too. It's like, <laughs> like I'm not actively very flexible yeah. at all, but my passive, like, cause people always be, they'll get me positioned. Like, I thought you said you're not flexible. I'm like, I'm not flexible. If you're pushing me into position, I'm you're fine. You're making me flexible like, though. Like, and so I can main, like, I can get into these positions that suck, but they're, yeah. they're not painful. And, and sometimes it might, you know, if someone really can get that electric chair or banana split or something like maybe that, but even then that's rare. I rarely feel like I'm, you know, in that bad of a position, but again, I might not be active. I might not have a lot of active flexibility, but a lot of people don't realize that like when you train, you know, full range of motion and you I when I yeah. do hack squats like I'm touching my butt to my ankles if uh -huh. I can like so I'm getting into these like like deep ranges of motion which again in jujitsu like you better be able to get your knees pushed forward pretty far yeah. or you're gonna have a bad time oh yeah and like that's the biggest thing that you get out of like just strength training through a full range of motion yeah. is you just get that, neur that like neurological and motor control at those end ranges that you don't have access to unless somebody's actively putting you there and if somebody's actively putting you there in jujitsu you're you don't have enough time you don't have enough volume and you don't have enough like uh like effort that you can expend into that one position to actually build any sort of capacity there right so you either get stuck there you tap to position or you just don't even go there and you move and you like give up something else right away well, yeah most injuries are going to happen usually in a speed or intensity deficit yeah. or like a spike in that and so it's like not training might like you said if you don't train you just probably won't you'll do any of those things which or you'll get hurt like it, how or many you get hurt hurt in like and like if you're in inverted or someone stacks you in a version, you, 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 it's highly likely you're going to get injured 
or there's a potential for injury at that point, but training positions of full range of motion isn't going to hurt that. Yeah, right. And like, it's much easier, by the way, to say that you're probably going to get injured in jiu-jitsu because you have another person going 100% effort at you in these weird positions. And they're like trying to actively hurt you. A fucking sport. So it's much easier to say, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But I, th I think too is like, you know, we, we think about too is like building muscle. And again, I, we don't want to like get into that, like you're bulletproofing or protecting because we know, you know, obviously we don't want to say like it's injury prevention or whatever, but I do think there's a, some mitigation there. I mean, I know that like, do I feel way more comfortable on my knees? Cause I got some, yeah. you know, VM meat hanging over them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do I feel better about my, even though my shoulder mobility sucks. Like I know that someone goes to omoplotomy and I've got my hand tied into my like, you know, leg, like it's, they might get it, but they, it's going to be tough. It's going right. to be a big, it's going to, they're going to put out a lot of energy to get there. Right. Um, whereas someone and they might even small. abandon it because of how much effort they have to put into it. And if well, they, they usually it, will good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's what happens when I'm training. So like at my, at my gym, like I train with death grip, Derek, who is like one of the strongest 242 pound power lifters in the world. Like he's number two right now, I think, um, in both raw and sleeves and the Craig Jones of, of powerlifting. Um, but <laughs> number two, number two and everything. Uh, but like when I, like when I start getting him into like positions, like on, like I grab a Kimura or on him or I grab something, I grab something. I have to work really fucking hard to get that off. And I have to make sure that my position is number one, perfect. I'm trapping everything else that I possibly can. So like, if I go for like a, like my favorite submission is a North South Kimura. So I have to like pin his bicep down with my knee, sit on his head, grab his arm. And then I, I, had, I still have to work really hard to rip it away from him. And this is no gi. So he's just holding onto his own hand. Like if we're in yeah. gi and he's holding onto his belt, that's just oh, not, yeah, happening. No, that's I'm, not happening. I'm no. moving on to something different. Yeah, and, and you think about like a guy with that kind of mass and that kind of build, it's going to be hard to separate his limbs from his body anyways mm -hmm. because he's so close, he can close in. And so, yeah, so so kind of coming back to this, this, this discussion of like, hey, like, you know, we need to like dispel this myth that that being strong because I, I think to start the before we even got recording, you know, Matt, you were saying it's like the thing that everybody says is when oh, they roll the best. Like, so so just repeat that kind of thing yeah. because I think that's we've all been through that as guys who are you know strong and in, in in on the bigger. I mean, I'm I'm the smallest of us. Well, no, not anymore. Dean's now the smallest. Um, I used to be the smallest of us three, and even I get in the jujitsu community, people will be like, oh, you know, you're you're a big guy, and I'm like. Yeah. See, I come from a world where I'm a little guy. Yeah. So, like for me, it's, it's weird. by you? the way, ha having gone to power, you're not me anymore because you're you're six inches taller than me and same weight. That's true. That me, Less that muscle density. Yeah. Having having gone into powerlifting, where like super heavyweight class starts at three ten plus right. body weight, and then going back to jujitsu, where super heavyweight starts at two oh five. I'm like, oh, these are these <laughs> right. are little people. I'm, I'm two oh five. Like, oh, that's the absolute now sick. Like that's the the ultra heavyweight division. But like, this is one of the things that happened when I was competing and training when I was, when I was much smaller, right? So I was like 205. I think at the time when I was 205, I think I benched like 240. I had like a 405 deadlift and I don't even think I squatted 315. Like, I don't think I'd even come even closer to there yet. That's like wild. I was significantly, wild. like literally half as strong as I am now. Yeah. Um, like literally 50% of where I am now. But one of the things that I would, that people would always say, and this is something that like, I'm even guilty of still saying to people when like they get into more dominant positions or do something that I didn't really expect is that like the first thing that everybody's reaction, the first reaction everybody has is, oh my God, you're so much stronger than me. 
And it's like, yes, well, number one, I was in a better position than you are. So I was able to exert like to, to like use leverage more effectively against you. But number two, yes, I'm also stronger than you. But number yeah. three, also, yes, I'm more technically proficient than you because I beat you. So you can't have it all ways. And then like those same people that always say, oh, you're so much stronger than I am are the same people that literally never want to lift or train or do anything different other than jujitsu. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, I beat you because I'm stronger than you. How are you going to fix this problem? And they go, I'm just going to just continue training and doing everything that I'm doing. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm going to buy another instructional. It's like, okay, cool. Like that's going to help. But like, if I'm stronger than you and I still retain that, that technical, like that technical advantage, I'm still going to win. I don't care how many instructionals, you know, and like, you, it's going to be much harder to just submit me in general because I'm so much stronger than you are. And you're going to gas yourself out, even trying to tap me to, to submit me. Well, it's not a large investment. Like, like it, it, I guess like, I don't know, John Danaher's, I remember his thing is like, well, you could just train more jujitsu, but like realistically, a lot of those initial noob gains, like a, a large chunk of the adaptations are going to happen within the first few months. Like yeah. it's, now your strength gains are like really hard to come by. But up until that point, like a year or two, and your, your gains went through the fucking roof. Like that's not a large yeah. investment in terms of the payoff that you could potentially have if you do it right. And like absolutely, and it's and, not a big commitment. Like no, it's two no. to three sessions a week. Yeah, and 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 the the strength that you need to be to improve exponentially is not anywhere near what you uh, what us three consider strong yeah. either. Yeah. So like that that for the normal a normal dude who just just like 315 squat that 250 bench and that 405 deadlift is probably plenty it's all you'll ever need right so most and after that the 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 i think the the, the diminishing returns probably do kick in a little bit in terms of recovery and being yeah. able to like like to get to your level of strength is probably as a jiu-jitsu practitioner gonna in, it's going to inhibit your jiu-jitsu yes but that's, that's also why you were doing what you were doing <laughs> Right, exactly. Like I was doing what I was doing before because I wanted to compete in powerlifting and like right. I'd wrecked my knee in jiu-jitsu. So I wanted to just like get stronger and I really started like enjoying that. And then I started going back to training when I moved down to, to Houston and found that uh, old training partner of mine from Marcelo Garcia's had moved down here as well and opened a school 10 minutes from my house. But like, that's the biggest thing is like, there's the return on investment that you can get, especially as a, like a new person who's brand new to jiu-jitsu you probably don't really need to bench more than like one and a half times body weight. You probably don't need to squat more than one and a half to two times body weight and deadlifting two times body weight is like not hard. Like it's a very easy thing to build up to. You'll probably get there within a year. So if you're literally just doing any of those three, it's really easy to learn. It's really easy to do. It's a very low time commitment. It's a very low like muscle and like skill commitment. Like you don't have to learn that much. You're going to be significantly ahead of all of your peers faster because you're just better of an athlete. And like the other thing that people seem to forget about too is like just that coordination aspect uh, that lifting weights gives you because you just learn how to use your body more effectively. You learn how to contract tissues. You learn how to move. You learn how to move in like a, like a relatively static pattern, but you learn how to organize your body in difficult positions with a, like some sort of a high load or a heavy load on top of you. So that helps significantly when you get into jiu-jitsu because that same feeling is the same. The feeling is the same. Like if you're being stacked or if you're being in, a, in like in a weird position, it feels very similar to like maxing out a deadlift. It's not like, doesn't feel physiologically very different. Well, and I was going to say, like, in terms of even coordination, like the tools we have at our disposal have made training almost like 
easier. Like if, if you look mm-hmm. at squatting and, and the, the technical demands, I guess, like I, I would say like a lot of people who get into lifting, they, they do it like shit and it's, it's, it's kind of whatever. But like now you can almost pick up, you can go on a trap bar, you get a safety squat bar, you can go on a hack squat. You can literally use a hammer strength. Like there's, there's, there's so many tools at our disposal to make training actually not that fucked up and really easy to recruit and do it. That like, it almost makes, it's a no brainer as I say that and I don't lift, but. Yeah, but you're at the point though where you don't really need to lift to be able to maintain that ability of being stronger than everybody else. That's it, right? That's that's the that's the, the catch-22 is that we make fun of Dean for not lifting, but again- He doesn't really he need just, to. He's going to gain way more from skill acquisition in jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. than lifting. I should go and, like, like, when we're in Dallas, I should see how much I can deadlift still. Like, I think I could still lift 500 pounds. Yeah, uh, the problem is, is that I know that I'll get you into that mentality yeah, of bad. wanting to do it where you're going to just hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested to see how much you can still bench. Because like your deadlift is- your deadlift was good, but that was also dropping 40 pounds. I'd like to see what I, your bench is. Like, I don't think a barbell bench press is necessary if I'm not powerlifting. Like that, I've torn, I've torn my chest on anything, but bench pressing a barbell. Dude, I tore, I tore my first chest tear was doing close grip Smith machine bench. What? And it was like a month and a half. I don't even think it wasn't heavy. I was like, what the hell? But it was just like, I just came because I did it flat. Right. I should have done on an incline, but I was mm-hmm. like, it was like, yeah, and I was like, and it wasn't bad. It was like, it was fine within like a week or two, but I was like, and I felt it pop. I heard it pop. And I was like, are you, and I was just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was like when I hurt my back doing the uh the booty girl oh left god yeah squat the v squat hinge i was <laughs> like who the fuck hurts the back doing this? this is where like the training aspect of it like it like and i always i think i always ask matt this but this is like because we make fun of the optimal crowd and whatever but like an actual full range of motion which probably should be trained if you're going to do it smart from the ground up because yeah. that's a that's a deficit of like a range of motion you go to a new machine that you never use and you probably were just like fuck it um yeah it's light but you you probably went all the way and it popped right at the spot where you like had nothing there was no tension then you went yeah. and so yeah like, exactly no there was no tension you're right yeah. because what happened is i came down outside of my my active range of motion yeah. because my shoulders just don't have it and so when i did it was just like I was pushing. I was pushing out of a position that wasn't actually utilizing my muscles right. And it was the whole point was it was a tricep exercise. I shouldn't have been down there anyways. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matt, like that really got like on the train of like a lot of the information from Casim and stuff. Like the the actual like training properly through a full range of motion that Jeb and I never did when we did this stuff. And so like yeah. I would almost argue that the way we trained, I probably wouldn't do that if I was going to do it again. I would probably yeah. actually use my brain and in sports science a little bit more the cool, i think the cool thing that when i kind of first got into training was that i did strongman so it actually mm-hmm. was super conducive and That's, had a lot of carryover yeah for sure was like I, you know atlas stones carrying just bags of shit around like all the guys i know and all like that's the funny thing too is like we talk about optimal like there's zero for muscle building in strongman that is optimal, and those guys are all fucking gigantic, enormous, <laughs> like, <and laughs> the I, largest people on the planet. But they're so fucking strong. It's like they're strong at other stuff too, outside of the gym. You know, yeah. like they're like, oh, like you're a big weightlifter, but you can't lift this, and it's like, no, I can't. Like that's, I need to get in perfect position. But like yeah. strongmen don't have that problem. Like they, they don't care. Fucking lift anything. Like it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like, I mean, and you think about what an Atlas stone lift is. I mean, it's literally every mechanical thing that you're not supposed to do in a... All of it wrong, yeah. 
all of it wrong, and nobody gets hurt on Atlas. They still pop a bicep here and there. Nobody yeah. hurts their back on Atlas stones yeah. ever, yeah. ever. Oh yeah, and they're literally lap, like putting a two hundred pound stone on their chest, yep. getting into full extension, leaning all the way back, hips so much farther forward, and then putting it on top of something. Yeah. And they never get hurt with that. No, no, it's like they tear a bicep when it slips. That's yeah. usually it. That's yeah. that's it. But yeah, so like I I think too is you know we talk about now now the next phase of this is when people do get into strength training and we'll obviously in future episodes kind of dissect some of these things but like there's also the like everyone tries to go like sports specific and you're like oh yeah oh man like the, oh this, yeah oh for, god for this could go on for like multiple episodes <laughs> i don't even know if we, we haven't even sent that much like I, it's hard to know who i send stuff to but like that's like my favorite is like and i know like look at this fucking jujitsu fucking exercise but yeah it's like a shooting exercise with like a band around their neck and you're like okay man like yeah what? Fuck. Dude, I, I still this is helpful. I, I remember like I, I think it was it was uh Ben Bruno said he was speaking at like one of the NSCA or something, one of these conferences, and someone started asking about sports specific exercises. And he's like, uh, so what am I gonna like tie a band to a, a golf club to help someone work on their hockey shot? Like, no, these guys are fine. They 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 shoot 80 million pucks a day in practice. Like, why don't I get them stronger? Like, who, they don't need to practice that. Like, that's oh, what practice is for. You go ahead. I was gonna say, I send reels of jiu-jitsu strength and conditioning to our gym's group chat every day. I'm like, if I ever catch you guys doing one don't of these do things, this. don't ever do this. Please, He's don't ever let me get you. Motherfucker that, like, I can't remember his name, that, like, had the dummy. He's, like, pushing it. Like, oh, God, God. Yeah. I don't remember. They, I was like, I was like, I, I, like, okay, like it's it's like almost like is this a joke? And then you realize it's not a joke. It's kind of like all the the, the advertisements that Kyle gets on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, so this is so good. And it's just like okay, like this can't be real. This trainer can't be like deadlifting this and like trying to get clients. And anyways, like that's what these jujitsu one feels like. It's like yeah. I think they're trolling, and then you realize they're not, and you're like, oh damn, like this is the bot. This is where oh, it's damn. Effort. For, for like yeah majority like what the well, weirdest the weirdest one that i've been seeing recently is there's this i don't, I don't want to name any names um but it's uh, it's a bjj strength company and it's the most backwards one that i've ever seen because they are preaching 90 degree eccentric isometrics for brazilian jiu-jitsu and they're saying that this is the best way to make you functionally strong for bjj and it's like how many times have your knees been pushed into your chest in jiu-jitsu? Mine get pushed there every single day. Right. I pull them there all the time. I, I get put into weird positions all the time. All of us do. So why am I only going to train a very partial range of motion? This has nothing to do with the, with the sport. And they're trying to like market this as the most sport specific thing possible. And it's really funny because like the guy who's doing it is just like completely ripping off the founder of 90 degree eccentric isometrics. And, and he's like doing this. We talked to yeah. On, I don't even know. Yeah. And Joel was like, his argument is that you're very rarely in those deep positions in basically football. In sports. In, in football, football, for sure. In he's football, right. he's, he's definitely right. He's yeah, definitely yeah. right. Like, he's like, so they have it when they're there, some eccentric training and stuff. But like you said, it's jujitsu, it's the exact opposite. It's like, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> half the game is on your back, getting your knees pushed in one of the half. Yeah. A large portion, there's someone fucking with their knees up. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you going to invert? If you can't do that, how are you going to play turtle? Are you going to play turtle at 90 degrees on every single thing? Like you're going to get I mean, choked immediately. You're going to, you're going to lose. I mean, go, go, my entire guard is like half guard in, yeah. in Z guard. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm constantly just like, 
I've got my knee. My knees are. I don't know that my knees are ever extended, unless I'm doing leg locks. Yeah, my knees are like, never beyond my hips. Like there's, it's very rare. And like even when I'm on top position, like I'm talking, you're talking every like that's mm-hmm. very odd. You're right. That's a really. It's I mean, the I dumbest think- one that I've ever seen. And the guy's got like thirty thousand followers, and people and like they're like legit followers. He gets like thirty thousand views a reel, hundreds of comments, and I see it, and I'm like. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen for strength and for like Brazilian jiu-jitsu athletes. This is completely ass backwards for this entire right. sport. So like, you know, and I think like Derek in, in his stories, again, we were talking about death grit, Derek. First of all, like everyone should follow him because he, he is the best character on the internet by far. Like I love his stories, but he had something and someone was like signed by WWE or something. Eventually he should. He has to. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Rick Bugaboo or whatever the fuck his name vibes. Like it's like going to happen at some point. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant, but, yeah. but he was talking like someone was like, you know, what should I do in the gym? He's like, if I'm not a power lifter and he's like, it's funny. Cause you know, most people don't power lift, but every gym has squat racks, bench press and deadlift platforms it's almost like these are the cornerstones and like yeah you don't have to do those exact exercises but you could use a hack squat you can use a machine bench you can use you know i think some kind of hinge is is pretty important in jiu-jitsu like there's a lot of especially if you're doing like an rdl or a stiff like a deadlift like that's almost just basically an inverted guard position if you just flip yourself on your back like it doesn't have to be complicated and didn't all this weird shit it's like just there's these there's the reason that these things are popular is because Mm -hmm. they're foundational movements and again, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but to your point, I think like, you know, I think single leg work, you know, is, is super important there because that's where we see ourselves a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get into that really deep stretch there and you can find yourself having stability in those, those positions. Um, obviously like floor press, bench press, like, you, you know, we obviously don't want to spend too much time bench pressing people off us, but at some point you're going to have to bench press somebody off you. Yeah. And you want to be able to do that well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many escapes that we've, that I've learned over the years that like start with, okay, you're going to push really hard against their chest. Right. And it's like, all right, the, cool. So I'm going to bench them. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 you're not going to no, no, bench no, 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 them. Do that. no, we're not going to bench them, but you're just going to take your hands. Framing. And, yes. Extend your elbows as hard <laughs> as you can. It's like, that is a bench press, sir. <laughs> and then we think about like, you what? There's, there's a hip thrust element too. It'd be like, it'd be like the exercise yeah. on Instagram, the hip thrust bench press combination. Uh, oh yeah, one of my favorites. Yes. You know what's so? I don't know about you guys too. It's like we we spend so much time like learning like to shrimp. Like, and maybe it's just become so natural like a movement. But like, I don't do that like the way we learned when we started out. Do you? No. Okay, because like I, I was kind of noticing that in other people, I like you don't ever see us like like I hip escape stuff, but it's it's never that like shrimping down the mat thing that you learn when you I first like, start. You know, like I like I don't know. I watched some instructional with John at the beginning of it, and he like showed his version. I'm like I'm just gonna listen to his version because he's fucking really smart, and it's more of a like you get up on your side and push with your one foot because you're shrimping out of it. You're not like doing the actual like fucking reverse crunch. Cause like, you, you, right, like that, that whole, like whoop, whoop, whoop thing <laughs> that you did down the mats. But I think about that, like, it's like, yeah, you talk about that hip thrust. It's like, um, and I think as you progress probably too, as you get less spazzy, so you're not doing these like, like trying to buck people off you, but like, yeah, like you, having that like strength component, it's like, I have explosive strength there that I just don't ever use yeah. really. Um, but to know you have it on tap, like, 
we were joking the other day is because like I was training with somebody and I was like that new Craig Jones DVD came out, so I didn't watch it, but I was like, yeah, the just stand yeah, up. Just stand up, jujitsu is fake, yeah. Like there was there was a couple times I was like, let me just stand up. And I just stood up and I was like, oh God, it really does work. It really works. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. I'm mean, like, that's one of the things that like I, I, that I do in training all the time and I've always done is if I'm engaging somebody and I don't like what they're doing, I'm just going to stand up and walk away from them. Well, and yeah. Then return back to position. And they're like, oh, look, cool. Completely and totally reset. All of the things that you wanted to do are gone. I now know what you want to do. So I'm not going to let you do those things again. Yep. Every time. <laughs> I should try that. I always want to try Craig I mean, stuff, but then I'm like, fuck, he makes it look so easy. Well, have Dude, you seen? he's so good. Yeah. Have you seen some of the leg lock escapes that people will go in for, like like single leg X escapes, where like some of the single leg X escapes are you're just going to like push their, strip their hip off the leg, push the leg down, step forward, run away, and just like yeah, run but, forward over them and just pull your foot out. Or yeah, or I mean, if you look at like a lot of people who, who've done, who did well against the, the Danaher guys early on, like they just, they run. It's like just run, just run from the leg lock because if you see it, like turn around, disengage, yeah. and then try and reengage. Unfortunately, then you know they became so adept at all of the other pieces of jujitsu yeah. that it didn't matter. <laughs> um, but when it was when it was that kind of leg focused game, that's what you know. If you look at a lot of those guys, and actually even the guys who are really good with legs, if you look at uh, Tonin. Yeah, he 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 runs a lot and does it really really well. Um, but again, I think that is a strength point. And one of the things that you'll notice, all of these guys who are elite level, they might not have one conditioning, strength and conditioning program, but all of them do some type of strength and conditioning. Like, um, and, and like, I, I do like that Dan Hart says, like, I don't really care if it's bodybuilding or powerlifting, whatever you want to do, like just, but you have to lift. You have to lift. You have to do something. It's a guy who's a, he was a power lifter. Yeah. But they're yeah. like, what about the steroids? I'm like, yeah, but they still have to fucking lift. <laughs> okay yeah. this is a great topic by the way because I, I was an untested power lifter and one of the things that i can tell you is that when i came out of my meat and went back into jujitsu when i was doing some of this the, the the drugs that i was doing it fucking ruined my cardio ruined. So, ruined my cardio so all of these people who continuously talk about how steroids are the reason these people are winning they have no fucking clue what they're talking about because they will actively make you worse like they might make you recover a little bit better outside of training but they're probably going to make you worse on the mat like they're going to yeah. crush your cardio they're going to crush your recovery you're not going to feel good when you're training like one of my one of my friends is is training for uh, like a like a I think he's training for a, a bodybuilding show at this point, and he's on some steroids right now because you know that's what you do in bodybuilding. And he's like, I have to stop because I can't train anymore. He's like, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm breathing through a straw, and I didn't feel like I was breathing through a straw ten days ago. And this is what I started now. So all these people that are talking about it, it's like you actually just don't know how steroids affect the body at all. So shut the fuck up. I don't know what to tell you, man. Sorry, they're just better than you are. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's going to be some advantage of some things like, you know, an increased red blood cell count, but yeah. then we also have like, you know, that, that, that has a, a rate limiter too, because there yeah. comes a point too. And that also, you know, affects other systems well, and lifting off all the steroids. These people are doing, it's like, well, they're probably not doing that one. Cause that one's not good. They're definitely not no. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally listing off the two, you know, which is steroids. And which is trend and test. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, it's like trend is the worst one to do for shit. I'm pretty sure they're not doing trend. I mean, yeah. they are, but they're not. They're no, like, there's not anyone competitive. There's no nobody's possible. doing trend. Oh. Not possible. No, no. no. it's like trend is going to kill is going to kill you when you're trying to like, train. Yeah, like, but they just take the pills. I'm like, no, they're not. That would make the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Anadrol is going to be worse. Like none of these are going to be good for you. Yeah. There's, there's not, there's not a, and, and especially bodybuilding drugs in particular are not yeah. super conducive. Um, you know, there's a few things that again, it's and and they are doing steroids. Absolutely. Or for they're sure. doing on testosterone. They're not on high doses. Like you yeah, said, they can't they're be. Not, and, and if anything, the, the, it's all recovery because the amount that these guys train is mm-hmm. obscene. Mm-hmm. See, everyone is competing hurt. Uh-huh. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, they might not be fully injured, but everybody's hurt. Um, so, yeah, it's but but the strength component is is going to is going to be a huge piece. And yeah. like, yeah, I like I there's guys that are way more skilled than me. And when we roll and we are doing technique and they're smaller than me, they will murder me. And then the second that I decide that I'm going to actually use some strength, it is the playing field really fast. Yep. And we joke like in the way I've, there's one of my training partners, also one of my coaches, like he's uh, Cody. He's I, I probably got forty pounds on him. Murders me when we're going technical, and then like we we're kind of joking. I was pretending to do MMA, and he's like, "The funniest thing is, like, if you just decide to, you could just kill me." <laughs> I was like, and so like there was time I actually picked him up and I just kind of carried him around the gym, <laughs> but he had arm lock, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like, but." You know that's that's not it's not helping me get better jujitsu, so I don't I don't do that. And it's yeah. actually there's a good chance I could get hurt because he could slap that submission on hard, yeah. maybe rip my arm apart. But but yeah, he's way more skilled than I am. But there is a strength component, there is a size component, there's a reason there's weight classes. Yeah, when you don't, yeah, if strength and size didn't matter, it'd just be the absolute for everybody forever. And well, like that's one of the one of the biggest pieces, the, the biggest disconnects that I continuously see, like in any weight class related sport. That's what they always say. It's like, well, how do you compare them across? It's like, well, you, you compare them by either making coefficients or whatever you need to do. But like these exist for a reason. And especially in combat sports, like these exist to protect people. So from people bigger don't murder. Especially right. as training becomes better. Like even if you look yeah. at the example I was talking about with strength training, a lot of the sports science stuff then bled into the bulls were like, oh, Michael Jordan is strength training. And then all the NFL coaches started picking up. But anyways, point is athletes got bigger, stronger, faster at the same sports and now at the top levels of this thing or even any competitive settings everyone's bigger stronger faster and that's yeah. kind of thing with jujitsu as a as it's more popular but b as, as strength training starts to bleed into these things you go to you look at the adcc there all those guys are fucking jacked right and like that's the thing is like if you if we looked at if we looked at skill being the only thing that matters demetrius johnson would destroy francis naganu in a fight right but if but that didn't happen they fought francis naganu would murder him one shot it'd be one shot knockout probably hospitalization yeah maybe die maybe death yeah yeah he's double his size and, and, and someone did the kind of there was a, like a, a very like kind of not super scientific study but someone did something about like fight about like street fights of like they see and like how weight does and it was something like if the fight lasts longer than a minute or a minute and a half then a smaller person has a good chance no fights last a minute. No a minute. fights last that long. And like in a street fight, like the big guy, all he has to do is get a hold of a smaller guy and almost always it's over. Yep. Which is why I got into jujitsu and got into getting bigger is because I used to, when I got, I used to get in a lot of street fights and I punched people and that's why I almost went to prison. <laughs> it's because the only way I could fight a big guy was to knock him out in I, one shot. I so that's where I, shit about you. So for anyone knowing the running joke, at least with Jeb, amongst everyone is that Jeb lives multiple lives. Across one his- of these days, we're going to have a podcast that's just going to be Jeb talking about his entire life story. I've and Dean and I are just going to sit here quietly. <laughs> the reason you got into jiu jitsu is so you can kill people. So you yeah. 
So I didn't kill people. Yeah, no, yeah. I got into jujitsu. Well, I, I got into jujitsu because like I was always small, and I, so like I always had big friends. And whenever we were anywhere, like fights started, and someone was always like, "I'm going after him," and they would be like, "Wait till he bleeds, you're fucked." And then I would just because I would, you know, I would like I I don't mind getting punched in the face. It doesn't really bother me, and and I liked punching other people in the face. But then I realized after I almost killed a guy and almost went to prison for 25 years, I was like, I probably should stop doing this. And jujitsu to me was a way. And honestly, I don't get in. That's I don't not, really. Get, that's not okay. true. You told us about one a couple of been a couple of incidents, <laughs> but they weren't done in anger. They were done in in, in that's self true. Defense. They were so self defense, very, and and I didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Like, and that was the thing is like I can now defuse a situation physically, right? And, nine out of ten times without hurting the person and to me, that's may or may not cool. have put someone to sleep instead of killing them which is a yeah. choice, yeah, he went, a choice. Like, that's a much nap. you were evolved it's a much better choice yeah. Yeah, much and i better. made sure he woke up i did a yeah. little chest rub and said you all right buddy okay yeah. i'm gonna leave now see you later okay don't ever do that again it's a bad <laughs> idea did we, did, we learn our, did we learn our lesson about attacking people so in Matt, Matt's, yeah. Matt's history is he was brought into it in, in terms of family jeb was out of pure uh, psychotic nature and my i don't know why i joined it but it was you did of, the you did the typical the quintessential yeah. powerlifter thing you retired yeah. from powerlifting and took up brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah i just like i'm de- a failed athlete or whatever like yeah. I didn't draft it, so i became a strength coach and then i thought that was uh well so and, and to be honest like i think the different approaches too are, are very different how we like do, so like you you guys both like have been long like i played sports but i never felt like being a competitive athlete was my thing you guys like you got into powerlifting dean because you didn't have football anymore and you wanted to compete in something it was like powerlifting was cool but you didn't really like it wasn't like powerlifting was your passion and it was like okay, no. Powerlifting yeah, ended. Powerlifting we're like, I need to powerlifting was yeah. just, it was, it, I was good at it. And, but then yeah. I, and so jujitsu was a competitive pursuit for you. Matt, you were super competitive in both jujitsu and then super competitive in powerlifting. And so back to jujitsu, competitive pursuit. Me, I'm not competitive in jujitsu. And, and so I'm much more of like a hobbyist. And granted, I also do jujitsu in a way that like my focus of jujitsu is like, if I do get into some shit, like I want to, if I do want to kill you, I want to make sure that I can do that yeah. to the best of my you ability. And like I talk about points, I, I don't think Jeb knows the point system yet. And he's been, no, doing- I, we're, oh. I asked, I had to ask today if you get points for going from back to mount and then back to back again i don't even know i was like dean i competed I, in ibjjf for my entire competitive competitive career and i have no idea what the point system is <laughs> i don't care no, okay. well they, they did explain to me that the point system is heavily weighed on how good your uh portuguese is it is it is very heavily well, weighed on that. <laughs> i've seen that actually play out at a world stage it's actually yeah. very interesting um but <laughs> See, the thing is, is like, so we talk about jiu-jitsu and I'm like, why did this, this, and this? Like, why didn't you just fucking go for this? I'm like, because you get three points. So I actually literally only care about the competing part. And Jeb's like, well, I'll just sit there and make sure I, I don't get choked out. And I'm like, I'll go to this, this, and this. I'm like, that's, what the fuck is that? And you're like, well, I don't know. I wonder yeah. if he would do it. I'm like, yeah, but you lost. You're like, yeah, but he didn't tap me out. I'm like, well, what? You lost like 18 <laughs> points getting to that point. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that we do at at our school at Artistry is um like Philippe is a high level IB, IBJJF competitor himself like he's won the Houston Open multiple times he's won Worlds multiple times like he's done very well at ADCC he's in mixed martial arts now now he's in uh, Fury fighting um, he's currently the 185 and the 205 champ he's going pro probably this year uh, but one of the things that we do for every single time we have competition prep classes is we only do three minute rounds. 
And like, he will say, I want you to submit this person X times in three minutes. Because at that point, when you start going into the five minute rounds of a competition, it's like, you know, that you're going to be able to beat this person. Cause if you're beating people in three minutes, you're probably going to be able to do that pretty well when it comes to, when it comes time. Um, and he got that from training with the Mendes brothers in at art of jiu-jitsu in California, because what their, their rounds are only ever five minutes. And they're, they're re, the rationale and the reason for that is if you need more than five minutes to submit somebody, you suck. Mm-hmm. You should get better at jiu-jitsu because if you need to go 12 minutes, it's probably not like, you're probably not as good as you need to be. So like we do that at artistry and the last couple tournaments that our guys have gone to from what I've heard from them, cause like I've been there for only a month again. Um, but the last couple tournaments, like the average mat time is two minutes for every single person who competes before they get a submission on somebody. It's a good method. What was that? Are they doing IBJJF or what are they, are they doing like the, uh, we're doing elevate submission series right now, which is the bigger, the bigger one in Houston. They do like super fights and fights and like, uh, they allow people to sell tickets. So it allows like, and the cool thing is they do like white, blue belt, purple yeah, belt, brown belt, black belt, super fights. They do super fights for kids. And the cool thing that they do with it, like, which I really like is they allow the person who's in the super fight to sell tickets. So that person can actually make money off of their blue belt super fight from getting all their friends and family to come, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have like a lot of IBJJF guys and like, it's, you know, they know the point system and they're good. And it's like, and I pay attention a little bit to the point system now, just because I'm helping, if I'm helping other people prep. Uh, But yeah, like I, I don't, I don't care that much. Like we, we're doing positional stuff today of like just starting with someone on your back and like, Everyone's like, yeah, this sucks. I'm like, I like it. Like, I like, I like sitting there and being like, okay, like, can I get out of this if I'm deep in? Like, mm-hmm. and maybe I can't. Maybe I got tap. Okay, fine. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I'm not like. That's the other thing about not being really good is I don't give a shit if I get tapped by someone who's lesser skilled than I am. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. I'm not a competitor. Like, I'm gonna make it miserable on them if I can. But like, I like this idea of like, oh, cool. I'm pretty deep into this. Like, how? And again. Being strong, you said it, Matt, it's harder to get submitted. Like, someone can get me in a rear naked choke. The guy who's actually got the better chance of actually getting me in a rear naked choke is the guy with smaller arms. Yeah. Because he can slip it under my chin. Oh, yeah, because he can slip it in. Yeah. But if, you've, if you're, if you like, on there, it's like, you, um, this is a big neck. Like, yeah. it's going to be it's gonna be tough. And that was actually a choke. Yeah, that was actually really funny. Last night, um, last night we were drilling arm triangles from Mount. Um, and it was me, Derek, and one of the other guys named Roman. And Roman is another guy who's 6'4", 250. Like, he's another guy. Like, that, that's the, all of us at our, at our gym, by the way. Everyone's gigantic. Everyone is huge. <laughs> Everyone is huge. Um, and we train in, in Philippe's garage currently. So it's like a 300-square-foot garage. Last night, there were 14 people in class. It was, it was a lot. Crazy. But when we were drilling arm triangles for mount, one of the things that he was telling us to do is like teaching us how to like, like, how, how to like push somebody's chin out of the way if they tuck their chin in. And Derek, Roman, and myself couldn't get it because there was too much shoulder mass to push yeah, into just, there. And it was just like, yeah. I can't do this. I'm going to have to just jump off the side and go this way. Cause I, I yeah, can't you, you get into can't, position you can't from top. Like yeah. you have to go to the side to get I your shoulder. I cannot physically yeah. get into this person's position. I don't have the space and my shoulder is too big. Like I don't even have big arms. Like Derek's were, were way too big. He couldn't even Dude. get close to that position. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, because like that is that it, now. So, so here are the things that, that they're actually, you know, if we want to talk about some detriments to like muscle mass is like, Jiu-jitsu is still predicated a lot of these moves. And I think that people are moving away from teaching like moves in this specific hyper specific way, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, does that 
do do we ever do you ever see the exact same situation two times like no no it's similar but like there's never the same but i think like for like guys who are a little bit bigger there's like definitely like you're like oh like it's like one of my coaches uh these two pretty big guys they went to a seminar and they're like okay we're gonna start mission control they're both like nope no we're not (laughs) i'm gonna go home now (laughs) we're not gonna do that like it's not gonna happen but like you know it is predicated on this like and again back to that thing of like strength is a skill nobody ever says like when they get beat like oh well you were so flexible Uh oh you were so athletic like you moved around a lot like you jumped around like a spider monkey because you're 130 pounds like it's these are all skills it's all technical thing and Mm -hmm. i think that that like until um, I, I think it'll only elevate the sport for people to start to realize that and start to work uh, work this into their training, and I think that's but, kind of that's kind of the cool part is that like like I don't know much about jujitsu history. It's only been like two years, but like like you said, the big thing is like oh, you beat me because you're strong and like you want to do technique, technique, technique. But it's like not common, not like maybe it is common knowledge, but like no one's like searching to get stronger, like a large part of it no. because they're like so focused on technique, which is cool. Um, but I think it, as it grows and as people get interested in it, they're going to be searching for, okay, how do I actually get stronger then? And hopefully then there'll be, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is that there's going to be better resources. We'll bring people on that will be able to kind of describe this stuff and show people where to find it so that there is a trusted resource or resources. Cause like right now I look at it and there's not that many, or I look yeah. at it as well, like I'm not like, that's pretty dumb. And yeah. that's the first thing that they're going to see, which is yeah. now going to be the same. And it's the only thing that they're going to see. So but they the, think it's right. Yeah. It's just like, a yeah. knife or like whatever the fucking nutrition, like a Kai fucking Jeb had to explain it to me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like the Brazilian. Acai. 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 Like the Acai bowls are the reason why Gordon Ryan looks like he does. It's, yeah. That's it. Shut the fuck up. All you motherfuckers. Yeah. I actually believe it. It's just like, listen, it's just the bunch. It's like yogurt and fruit. Like, the funniest thing is the whole acai thing is exactly the whole thing that Ronnie Coleman did back in when he was competing. And like, they, if people asked him why he was so big and he was like, it's because of that there Celtec creatine. And then yeah. like, this is just the jujitsu version of Celtec creatine. And it's like, no, we, we know that there's other things that are going on, but this is what everybody's going to run with. Like I would consider myself an outsider, like at this point. And I, I come and like try to learn about like what people are doing for like, nutrition stuff and strike stuff and i'm like is this fucking for real like it's yeah. almost worse than like us making fun of like what trainers do now like, well i don't i don't know about you guys and, and matt you've got a pretty good relationship and I, I've, I've got a really good relationship with the guys i train with now so i'm a little bit more open but when i was new at the school like and, and if i talk to people i don't know because i don't i'm not like you know i'm not like the jujitsu guy like i do jujitsu right like it's a thing i do but like i also want to be cool and so I don't really talk a lot about training or nutrition because I don't want to be like, when someone says something, I don't want to be like, well, well that's fucking stupid. That's dumb. <laughs> what happened? Like I actually, those are my favorite conversations to listen to because yeah. they're always so confident that, Oh, this, you just have to fast every day and then that'll get you better at jujitsu. And you're like, my favorite what? is when people who are actively competing and training do yeah. keto. yeah that's my favorite one i'm like that is the worst possible thing that you can do like we have a guy who's out for an injury right now and he's doing keto to maintain his weight to get him like because he was supposed to be fighting in february it's like totally fine you're good like do whatever you need to do but when you're actively training if that's your plan like what how do you think you're going to feel when you're training oh like like, terrible all the time oh good always yeah well like let's just say they do it right and they eat enough calories to support training and whatever 
most of the time keto works because people under eat because you cut out all the food groups. And so literally you just have a bunch of like pretty big males and, and female eating like 1200 calories. It's like, and they're in keto and they feel like shit. And like, it's just like, well, the other big problem with jujitsu people doing it is that, that I think keto training low is a fine strategy for endurance athletes if they want to do it. But the yeah. thing that they all do in endurance racing, right, is right is they start to carb load after their keto into their competition. So you're going to put on 10 pounds before your, the week of your jujitsu competition when you're supposed to be cutting weight to get into yeah. your weight class. Good luck. Good luck. Because yeah. you can't you can't you can't utilize that carb up strategy if you train low and then try to go into jujitsu because you, you, and then you can't take advantage of, of the whole point of why people train low is to actually end up. Right. Especially if you compete IBJJF because you have to weigh in right before you step oh, on yeah, the mat. Walk on the mat and yeah. weigh in, like forget about it. Like you don't have a chance. Train low, train, uh, train high up bullshit in endurance races where like, you're going to tap into those systems. The fucking number one system you're tapping into in a fucking five minute jujitsu match in the first 20 seconds is the energy system you don't have. Right. right, and then the one that you're going to be in for the almost the remainder of the time is the glycolytic is the glycolytic right. one, and you don't have that one either. Yeah, <laughs> all of them have been downregulated. Endurance <laughs> racers because they they're, they're it's it's spread out over time. They're not sprinting the first ten seconds out of the game. like they're not like going as hard as they can for the first two minutes. Yeah, no, like, the race yeah. That, no. like we're it's fucking stupid. But like they actually use that. Or the, like, I don't even know if they have a reason for things. Very similar to like a lot of your guys' stuff in Compound is like, it, it depends. But here's like why this works or why this doesn't. People don't even do that. They're just like, they're like, we don't know why we're doing it. We're doing it because this is what I heard someone. This do. is what we've always done. Yeah. So I, and I think so like that, that kind of the, the point of that, all that rant was is like to say like the gist of why we put this together is because we want to bring on people that have a little bit of, um, you know, social uh, clout for lack of a better term in both strength and conditioning and jujitsu, because we can, you know, the more that we can expose like that, like a lot of times the people that follow these things, is just because someone that they respect in jujitsu does it. That doesn't mean that it's good from just because someone's good at jujitsu doesn't mean it's, you know, it's a lot of times in spite of and not because of. Yeah. So like, hey, how can we kind of if you're the average Joe, if you're the average guy, uh, then maybe these things will help you. So so we'll kind of in future episodes, we're going to like break down some of these myths. We're going to bring on some people that are both jacked and uh, and good at jujitsu um, or maybe not. I don't really care if the Jack, yeah. then they, they have social clout with me. So exactly. Uh, and that, then, I uh, mean, that's, that's one of the things that you and I actually spoke about in a, in a text thread with Dean is like, I would like, I, I definitely want to like continue training jujitsu, but I also want to continue lifting because like being good at jujitsu is only good when you're on the mat. Being <laughs> jacked is great. 24 seven, all the time. All all the time. Everybody looks at you and be like, Oh my God, you're so strong. Like, like nobody messes with you at a bar. Like nobody's going to fuck with you ever because you're a big dude. And they think that you're, because you're big, you can fight. And it's like, yeah. no, nah, that little dude with the cauliflower ears will fucking murder me. Murder me. But yeah, murder but, me. Absolutely but kill but me. I don't actually have to fight because I look yeah, like, cause I'm know, intimidating. I, I look like I walked out of a prison gang. So exactly. Like, you know, it makes life easy. That's, that's why you started to do anyways, to actually be the guy that not have to fight. Yeah. But the, and I think this is the funny thing is like right you 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 want to learn how to fight so you don't have to fight. Yeah. And actually, the best way to not have to fight is just to get bigger and, and uglier. Yeah. Because then nobody wants to mess with you anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. If you're ugly, you're like, hey, I don't have anything to lose either. Yeah. And like that's <laughs> yeah. And like circling all the way back to the beginning with the, of this when we talked about what 
almost like trying to how to divvy up time because we talked about how like important it is to still train your jujitsu and build skill yeah. and do all of this stuff. Like that's an area where I would say like the percentage that I would almost assign in terms of effort, not effort, but time management is that I'd probably go like 80, 20. So like 80 ish percent of your time towards jujitsu and about 20% of your time and effort towards like lifting. I lift three times a week. My jujitsu athletes lift two to three times a week. Like, I don't think there's much need to do more than that for the majority of these people, because like we, like we talked about currently the barrier to entry for strength training for all these people is literally zero. Like most of them don't lift at all and doing two to three sessions, full body sessions, one hour plus a week or one to three hours a week, total of training. You're going to see huge returns on investments within months. Yeah. Like honestly, within the first month of lifting, you will feel a difference and you will notice a big difference in like how you perform. For sure. So we'll, 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 and, and so I think like just encourage everybody, Hey, send us questions, send us things that you want to learn or that you want to hear about. Um, but I think we, you know, we can go into some like individual programming ideas. Yeah. We can go into some individual nutrition strategies. Again, we're going to break down some myths. We're going to bring on some guests, but, um, the whole thing is like, Hey, like we just want to like, uh, do some talk about some fun shit and, and and so let us know what you want to hear about and we'll kind of take it from there. It's gonna be a good time.